So, happy Easter. I want to start by saying that I have to admit to you this morning that I, that I miss us being together, especially on this day. I miss the, the sugar-fueled Easter egg hunt. I miss sharing the, the front of the sanctuary with, with trumpets and trombones and harps. I miss the church being full with so many new faces mixed in with those who attend every Sunday. I miss the buzz in the air and the hustle of getting us all together to celebrate this most glorious feast. I miss it all. And who would have thought that a, a year ago that we would still be worshiping virtually? And though we are getting close to gathering together again in person, here we are. And I wanna say that I love our little church family and that I miss you. And yet I also wanna say that I am so pleased that we can and do still gather for worship and gather as a community online. In our own small way, we are bearing witness to the power of the resurrection. We are bearing witness to God's new life as we still make beautiful music together and find meaning in sharing ancient stories. And as we weave our prayers together as one body, even though we are in different places. Our community has experienced loss and brokenness, and in some sense, a little death. And yet God has brought new life out of that little death. And for that, I am deeply, deeply, deeply grateful. And I also want to say, if you are in some sense visiting with us and do not normally worship with us, and yet you somehow found us amidst all of your many, many online options to worship during this pandemic, then please know how wonderful it is for us that you would choose to worship with us. We are so pleased that you are, that you are here. And if you have any questions about St. A's, then please reach out to me or Reverend Katie. We would love to get, you know, get to know you better and answer any questions that you might have about the church. So with all that said, I wanna transition now by sharing a little insight into my psyche. I wanna say and admit to you all that at some point in my early adolescence, I discovered that I love to debate and I love to argue over ideas. And this love I discovered only grew as I began college. They say a little knowledge is a dangerous thing well, that was certainly true in my case. After I read a few books and I took a few classes, I felt like even though I didn't have it all figured out, I knew that other people were wrong. And I took great delight in letting them know it. I would love to debate with friends and with classmates and even with strangers. And yes, while I loved the exchange of ideas, and I loved learning from others and, and having my horizons expanded. I was also looking for something else. I was looking for the last word. The last word. The word that brings the other up in silence. The word that represents a definitive defeat of another. There's something deeply appealing about having the last word and ending the conversation. We see this desire play out all over our common life. 
Certainly a lot of social media is dedicated to trying to have the final say. Think of Twitter threads and, and Facebook comment streams. But more often than not, things have devolved into two sides, trading barbs, neither side convincing the other, but both sides hoping to silence their opponent. And of course, this social media behavior only mirrors what plays out in our culture and in our politics. And if we take the no this notion of the last word as being bigger than just debate, then we can see just how big the notion is. For instance, what is a critical review of a film or a book, if not the hope of saying something definitive about the work? What is a law, if not an attempt at a final say on what should and should not be permissible? What is violence and war, if not an attempt to impose a lasting and final control upon the enemy, upon the other? In this sense, having the last word is tied to power. It is often the power to silence, to end, to coerce, and even to kill. Look at the new law on voting in Georgia. Here is an attempt to have the final say on who will be in power in the state. Look at the new anti-transgender legislation in Arkansas. Here's an attempt to have the ultimate say in matters of gender. When Los Angeles sends an overwhelming number of police officers to displace a homeless encampment at Echo Park, what is it if not an attempt to have the last word on how the park should be used? That many see and name the injustice and oppression present in these actions is basically irrelevant to those in power for their hope is to have the final say, their hope is to have the last word. If we were to despair, then we might think that injustice has the final word. If we were to lose hope, then we might think that forces like racism and misogyny and, and homophobia and transphobia and xenophobia will have the last word over our species. We might see hatred and oppression as having the definitive say. But of course, for all of the hustle and bustle of humanity, for all of our flailing around as a species, it would appear that there is one thing that truly gets the last word over all of our lives. And that one thing is death. Death is where we are all going. Death awaits us all. Death will seemingly have the final say over your life and mine, the last word. But if we journey with Mary Magdalene to the tomb this morning, then maybe we can risk believing that death's word is not the last word. If we go with Mary and all of her grief and despair only to have the despair transformed into hope and courage, then maybe we can hope with her that God has something else to say beyond death. If we can go off with the disciples who come to discover that though Jesus died, yet he lives, 
then maybe we too can bear witness to God's word of life. For when God raises Jesus from the dead, God is announcing that there is a new creation, that death no longer has dominion over us, that life and love will triumph. When Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, we can see that there is no reason for us to lose heart, for we can put our trust and faith in God. We can see that there is no reason for despair because we have cause for hope. We can see that there is no reason to succumb to the power of hatred, for indeed love wins. This is God's last word, that life and love will triumph, that life and love do triumph. And if life and love have triumphed, then we are free from death. And if we are free from death, And that means we are truly free to live. We are free to live lives bearing witness to the power of hope, to the power of justice and peace, to the power of love. We are free to live no longer for ourselves alone, but for him who died for us and rose again. And if we live for Jesus, then it means that we live for others as well, for friends and enemies alike. If life and love have triumphed, then we can live lives of risk because we know that God has already announced the final word, the last word. This morning, we proclaim the resurrection of Jesus as God's last word and therefore the last word. To the forces of hatred and oppression, we say he is risen. To the powers of injustice and dehumanization, we say he is risen. To the power of sin and grief, we say he is risen. To the power of violence and war, we say he is risen. To the power of pandemics, we say he is risen. And to the power of death, we say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. For life and light and love, these are God's last word. For Christ, Christ is risen. Amen.